0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. Um as always we are internationally joining you from separate bedroom floors in very separate
1: parts of the world. Belle, this week you're in <laughs> This is like a um where's Wally? This week I'm coming to you live from the fairy mountains of Sintra. Um I'm sort of like and my life sounds so unhinged at the moment, but I'm in like an attic Airbnb. Um, you can sort of see the roof behind me, loose is very slanted. And I read a review on Airbnb for this. It was like, not for tall people. Oh. So here we are. What about you, Luz? Um, I'm
0: where I always am, <laughs> in my father's closet. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like had, I like walked in here. And this is fine because this is not my idea. This isn't my room. I shouldn't even be in here. But there was, like, his jocks on the floor. I had to, like, push out of the way of everyone that's not from New Zealand. Jocks, (laughs) underwear. Like, and and to sit um, down at the little stool where we record. But we've got a really good, interesting episode for you. We're going to actually introduce it this week because um, we never do that. But we're talking about reading as a competition slash Books as fast fashion slash, kind of what the fuck have we done to books? The book industry is it more about having or is it more about reading? Riddle me that, everyone. Ooh,
1: so philosophical. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I've been doing my hike and heels, and <laughs> it sounds like hike and heels, <laughs> which sounds like the most millennial like zumba ish. Um, hike and heels, get your. Get your mojo back after having your baby.
1: Oh, my God. Kill me. I do. I do. Sorry to digress as we do. I kind of want to franchise
0: this. Franchise? I can heal. You franchise it, yeah. but I'm I'm sorry. I can't promise the type of people that you'd get coming. People would misread it. People would misread it and you'd just, it would be, no offence to the yummy mummies, obviously do your yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that might
1: be who you'd get. Yeah, yeah so I would yeah I mean as someone who doesn't own a pair of heels it would there'd be a bit of a culture clash there in the induction day when I do like uh, a <laughs> welcome to hike in the <laughs> oh my god
0: it, it does sound like something that um like Marnie from Girls no Marnie from oh, Girls would rock up yes. to but it would be Jessa writing it it would be Jessa themed but Marnie would think it was for her anyway, yeah um Again, yeah, in an
1: ayahuasca retreat, yeah, dizzy like on one of the night, dizzy like does a completely insufferable two-hour like set. Yes, his fucking guitar.
0: Yes. like like <laughs> like in the Barbie movie, which I'm still not sure if you've seen. So now this isn't going to work. But they just I have seen oh, it. Have <laughs> you? Well, they just sit. You all know because you've all seen it. Like
1: I want to
0: push you. Anyway, we have massively digressed. What um describes your work, Belle?
1: Okay. Well, this is related to my unhinged, come in San Diego, Where's Wally life And I'm about to, I spent a month without having an apartment. That changes next week. So I've been on the road for a long time. And this is my final destination, if you're a fan of the films. Isn't yes, it?
0: I'm scared.
1: Leak reference there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's going to roll down a
1: mountain. <laughs> ah, that's kind of what happened. Okay, my what describes my week is like being lemonade which is, like, I arrived here, it was sort of late afternoon, early evening, walked into this um, apartment I was meant to be staying in and the ceiling was covered in black mould, like, so bad, like, couldn't breathe. And, look, I'm a hardy Kiwi chick, you know, that stuff doesn't freak me out, but it was so bad. It's like, oh, God, i will leave. And they wouldn't, like, refund me, and I was going through this bloody drama, and I was, like, trying to last-minute book somewhere else, and it was pouring with rain, pitch black. No one was replying. I ran out of internet. This is such like solo girl yeah. travel woes. And I was just like sitting in a like weird tushka filled with men um, waiting for like a message to come through like with a new Airbnb booking. Finally got one, got in my car, pouring with rain still. And the rose here in Sintra like are so so narrow they're like one way with walls up the sides or on cliffs so I was like torrential rain driving a manual up these incredibly steep one ways to, and they're like if you turn do a mist turn you add like 32 minutes onto your journey even though you're right where you need to be because they're all like this crazy network of one-way streets and my car wheels were like slipping no. all the Portuguese locals had like Pull back their curtains and we we're watching me. No. And by this time it's like 11 o'clock at night. And my car rolls back. Literally, almost one wheel goes off the side of the cliff. No. And I honestly thought I, I thought this would be the end of me. <laughs> I was just like, Sorry, that's actually fucking scary. Yeah. I was just like, wow, what a way to go. No, like yeah. such a
0: shame. <laughs> such a shame. But Kind of oh, on this. brand. <laughs> if there was a way to go, it would be you driving up a Portuguese hill in a manual, tyres slipping back, and
1: then just a tumble. Yeah, it's wow. very like um, Great Gatsby kind of vibe. Anyway, look, I pulled over. They all yelled at me. Uh. The rain was coming down. Got to this new place. The keypad to the room didn't work. Oh. <laughs> Just had one of those moments where you're like, you can do all the hiking and healing in the world, you can be resilient, you can be a strong woman, you can like be fine in your own company. But there is just something about being saturated, having a near-death experience and carrying a heavy bag up three flights of stairs to a locked door that almost undoes you. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, the other Um, things you can't plan. Unfortunately, You can plan for a lot of things, not for being
1: limited like that. That sounds fucking intense. No, it was so intense. But my friend actually said this great thing to me a couple of weeks ago, which is just like, yeah, it gets kind of lonely or weird when you're traveling alone. And then things happen and you just have to find them really funny. And I just... Um, I sat at the top of the stairs and just cracked up laughing.
0: Because you're like, this is my life and I don't actually have a single person to even share it with right now. It's just like, oh, what happened to me? Like you have a podcast.
1: I know. It actually reminded me of when you gave me um, ear tags when I went on <gasps> a, like a Bumble date yeah. in Lisbon. and I was like, I might not come back and you just knew where I was. I'm a big proponent for ear tags. Anyway, that's my
0: story. What about you? Um, mine is boring. I'm still on my relinquishing journey. Um, just yeah. last week was a lot of like cutting things out. Some would say giving up on things. Some would say protecting your peace. I'm like I sway in between. Mm-hmm. Not a very good relinquisher. Okay. So when I have to stop doing certain things, sometimes I'm like, "Well, you used to be able to do everything, so why are you giving that up?" But um, it's good for me. So relinquishing and then rebuilding.
1: The two We call it R&R and Hike and Heal. And you can learn more about that on our website launching soon.
0: This sounds like when I come in for a day of a Hike and Heal, when you're all bedraggled and I'm talking about relinquishing and rebuilding. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect
1: role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash people today.
0: Um, but Ruby has put together a very good as usual should we care list and I'm actually excited to talk about the first one specifically because, one, I'm obsessed with Renee Rapp, like the rest of the world, or the rest of the Gen Z world, and two, I'm going to see the Mean Girls musical tonight. So, I won't have good hot takes yet. Yeah, I know. TikTok, though, is not happy about the latest Mean Girls casting. And, again, I can't cast judgment yet, but... I do understand where this is coming from. So the new Mean Girls film is a musical, and you may not know that it's a musical because they didn't advertise it in the trailer. And, Belle, I can't remember if I talked last week about going to see Wonka and not realizing it was a musical because they didn't put it. So, yeah, there's a big old... There's a big old Trojan horse situation going on at the moment in cinema, which I think is interesting.
1: They're trying to sneak you. Well, what's with the sneaking? This is yes. why I don't understand. Like you, you're producing a musical. Are they like, oh fuck, we read on TikTok, musicals are out. Yeah, What are you gonna do. I'm just gonna Trojan horse this, or like, oh, everyone's gonna be wonderfully surprised when half the film is like, sing it, choreograph, musical yeah. theatre. And like, oh,
0: I love musicals, but I'm like. If you have made a musical, be proud of that, own it, advertise it as such. You know, you maybe get yeah. a few percentage of people that are that go in and are converted and are like, oh, I thought this was just a normal movie. It's a musical. I love it. Now I'm going to go watch all the musicals. But anyway, so that's, that's the first thing that I think got people riled up. And then secondly... Mean Girls was a musical on Broadway and it was fucking good because people knew exactly what they were walking into. So good. It was live. The songs yeah. are great. I actually watched the musical when I was in New York and saw Renee rap as Regina George. She, she slays the house down. Did you? Yeah, I did, actually. I fucking loved it. It was years ago with
1: Normie. Me and Normie went. Thank you, your, your dad went with you. Oh,
0: yeah. That's really cute. He. You know, Dad loves School of Rock. He loves Mean Girls. Well, I don't know if he loves Mean Girls, but he went for me. Um, Okay. So the critique that's happening now, though, is that it's not living up to the Broadway musical. Like, apparently the songs are really soulless, lifeless. And so it's, like, not hitting the Mean Girls as a movie, like, audience because they've turned it into yeah. a musical but it's not hitting the mean girls as a broadway musical audience because apparently it's like a peered back music uh, version of the broadway musical so look again i'm trying not to cast judgment on it because i know we'll get people saying well neither of you guys have even watched it unless you
1: have bell and i haven't even asked <laughs> we know what the answer is but i have seen all the like TikToking around this and i love like the 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 films oh my god I sound like a 75 year old um I love the content that's like puts it's like a person lip-syncing and they're lip-syncing to the Broadway yeah the Broadway version of the song and then the film cover of the song and I wish you have a beautiful voice so I'd actually (laughs) love for you to do a rendition (laughs) but it's like if there's one audience not to fuck around with on Broadway it is musical theater kids yes musical theater Like, deep, passion lovers, and that is who have been majorly aggrieved.
0: And it's like, if you're making a musical, why didn't you make it a musical for them? Anyway, it's like not that deep, everyone. Me saying, really pissed off. off, (laughs) I don't actually think that would be really pissed off. But people are being really mean about the girl that plays Katie. She's only 23, and they're saying she's not really doing a very good job, and especially when you compare her to Renee Rapp, who's a fucking powerhouse. I do feel really bad. Also because... I've only seen a few clips on TikTok, so tonight, when I, uh, tomorrow night, whenever I fucking watch it, I might be like, hey, it wasn't <laughs> as bad as all the TikTok people were saying. A quick note also, to pivot slightly, have you seen any of Renee Rapp's press around the movie? Oh my God, tell. There's like a, a meme right now about how she's not media trained but she is she's just so gen z and speaks her mind and is really honest and actually authentic not like the authentic that we all think we want to see from celebrities like fake authentic like she's so like she she's just, like, so proud of being gay that she'll make everyone, like, she'll make it everyone's problem, and I love it. Like, she'll make, she'll talk to the interviewers, and they'll be, like, not understanding things that she's saying, and she'll be like, yeah, it's because I'm gay, babe. Like, I know all of this, and it's, like, She showed Chris Briney her co-star, like, oh, he didn't know. He didn't recognize, like, Beyonce and Lady Gaga from the Telephone music video or something. She's like, no, it's fine. Like, you're a straight white man. We don't expect it from you. And she's, like, just very, like, honest, funny. She Cute and on the nose. Yeah, and she's like, I'm ageist to millennial woman because they hate me. And, like, she's just funny. And, like, (gasps) it's really taken, like, Gen X, boomers maybe even some millennials like by surprise but I'm like hun this is our next generation of celebrities yeah. you need to get on board yeah. or you need to tap out
1: and it's so unruly right and such unruly behavior from a traditional perspective where you know if you think about like mainstream press junkets for huge movies you go in, you sit on the director style chair. The yeah. two main characters are like have nice makeup, and you're like, "And um, yeah, the chemistry was crazy." And like, the the experience of shooting the film was just like amazing. And like, step and repeat, step and repeat, yeah. and and like they were sort of subject to the media's control. And it's like a, almost like a total power flip, of, yeah, like on those moments with these younger celebrities who are like, fuck that, and like, okay. Yeah. Like, that's why. And like, uh anything else, I'm bored. And instead yes. of like pandering to the press, this is gonna be a really fascinating like next wave of like Gen Z stars. Yeah. And how that's gonna completely like challenge these traditional pati- particularly like mainstream broadcast news that cover them because they're just not going to know no, what to do they're
0: not gonna know what hit a minute it's good because i think it means they're gonna have to hire gen z people to like be running the yeah. show like as the interviewers and stuff because yeah. you've got to have someone that can give it back or you just look really ridiculous um like yeah so jacob Elordi and renee Rapp were on snl this week and they did like a skit that was like Something about Jacob Elordi being so baby girl, and he's like, "Yeah, I've heard that I'm I'm so baby girl, I'm so baby girl." And and he was, he was like, "So what does that make you, Renee?" And she's like, "I mean, like I'm mother, like I'm a mother." And I like, loved yeah, that. yeah, and and I saw some of the comments that was just like okay, Saturday Night Live is not for me anymore because who are these people? What are they talking about? And I was like, good, honestly, good. Let us have something. You've already ruined the environment for us. Like, now, nah, just get yeah. out of our comedy. Like, <laughs> let, us, let us start <laughs> taking over.
1: Hot take, and I actually love this, especially you have this, like, institution like SNL, right, and it's so, like, lauded for it's, like prestige. Yes. and again, it's such a perfect example of like younger fuck with everything culture not fitting into these molds and you either move with them or you fucking become irrelevant very quickly.
0: Yeah, and like again, it's okay to just tap out and become irrelevant. It's not okay to just be commenting <laughs> really nasty shit just because you don't know yeah. these people. So um, yeah, anyway, that. I have to say, I really do care about the story because I'm actually obsessed with Renee Rapp, yeah. the next generation of celebs, and the concept of Trojan horsing people into a movie theatre
1: for what? I know. In my mind, I'm sort of like thinking about the other buzzy things that like, film producer, marketers would be doing, like... You think it's a comedy that you go there and it's like a blatant horror film. You'd be like, what the fuck? But it's like,
0: in my head, I'm like, that should be illegal. Like, that is false advertising. And is this false advertising? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer.
1: Stop asking me if I am. But (laughs) Stop holding me accountable. It did something else This made me think about. It's like... And this is such a lukewarm take, but it just drives me insane trying to figure out the answer to this. It's just like this, what is the secret thing that makes or breaks a TV show or or a film online? Obviously it's like impossible to truly know, but sometimes I watch really good things. I'm like, how did this not go viral? And some, it's just like a gust of wind picks up and someone has something to say about it. And it's really terrifying how fickle our opinions and like, the kind of fandom and anti-fandom that comes from the smallest of, like, wins turn into just, yes, I don't know. It's Don't you, what do you think about okay, that? Okay, well, I think
0: that that is a perfect segue into our bigger conversation of this episode. We were going to do another Should We Care? But I just think this is too perfect of, like, a combination of things to be talking about right now that we're going to go into. The fact that book talk. And TikTok in general is, like, dictating our tastes. But it's, like, not even that it's dictating our tastes. It's like what you said. It's like a simple breeze gets picked up and it becomes, like, a huge gust of wind, even if the writing's not good, even if the plot's not good. It's just – it is literally throwing something to the wind, throwing, like, 70 different things, and it's just by luck. Not always. But then things get picked up and then it becomes – a thing and it's like like you're saying some really small like independent tv shows or whatever are fucking good and the writing's really amazing or whatever if it doesn't yeah. go viral then like it's not like what's the point but the internet's made us think like if it doesn't go if it's not gone viral and it's only got like blah blah amount of views then like oh
1: was it good that it's not a success yeah yeah and then you have this like whole flow on effect of that which is like What will the kind of pop culture we'll start to see is that going to become way more dictated by the way things live and die on the internet? Who are these people who are making things live and die on the internet? They're not like really learned critics, they're like sometimes just yeah, like people whose videos and opinions just happen to go viral, yeah. And then it's just putting this insane marketing pressure on like the 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 teams who produce these yes. tv shows or these books or these films it's just like you have to make this go viral like we were living and dying on this like getting thousands and thousands of views as opposed to like 25 years ago when you didn't even have this control or even have this visibility
0: yeah and it, it really reminds me this conversation that we've now moved into into which is about book talk becoming fast fashion and reading becoming a competition it reminds me of what we were saying about music like a few years ago when TikTok first popped off and like the original fear, the original panic was songs are going to start to be written for TikTok, which we did start see. see, yeah. like we did see start happening was like songs would have these really catchy hooks and then people at concerts would only be able to sing those hooks and not the rest of the song. You yeah. wouldn't know who the artist was that was behind any of the music you liked because you were just hearing 30 seconds of it on TikTok. And mm. now I, we're starting to see it with books. It's like people are and, – and this is opinion. I don't know if people are actually doing this, but also as people that are writing a book, you can feel it with everything that you write. Is I think people are feeling pressured to write something that they think will pander to the audience or go viral rather than write something really, like, brave or different and that's just again not to sound like boring but it just can't be good for art
1: no oh my god absolutely not and it's it's hard not to be super doom and gloom about it because obviously there is amazing stuff that comes out of this for example i've discovered heaps of cool music and yeah. like musicians and and people who curate really awesome playlists whose radio shows i listen to i would never have found mm-hmm. if i hadn't just been like mincing around on the internet right so obviously it's done this really and and amazing that there are like young people out there who can now make a living reviewing books online while they're studying at uni or while they're doing whatever they want like I think that's amazing if there's like a sadness for me that books that seem to be this like one sacred thing in this chaotic world and even that's getting sucked up by consumerism and capitalism just Makes me feel so, ah. I know, <laughs> I, I know. i freaked out
0: by it. And it's like, what makes me a bit freaked out is there would be so many amazing, amazing books in the world that I've never read and never heard of, but I won't, yeah. I will never come across them because the way I find books is, like, being recommended by people. How, like, I, unless I was on a fucking deserted island and there was one, like, Little tiny library and it had like seven books in it and I just had to pick them and read them. I find, and I think I speak for a lot of people, it's like I very rarely would have the opportunity to just go in blind and pick a book to read that I've never heard a single thing about. And I would always pick the book that I'd heard something, even heard the name through the grapevine about. And it's like, what is happening to taste? Do we have taste anymore? how do you even
1: know you what your taste is? How do you know what
0: your taste is? Like, how do you uh, know? Or is it just based on everyone else?
1: You're going to laugh when I say this because it's really like marketing 204 university lecturer vibes. But there's this thing in alcohol advertising and they say your beer is your badge. So your your beer, the beer you drink is like a reflection of your yes. sort of cultural taste. And, and, and I think books are badges now. Oh my God. And books that people are like, so obsessed with personal branding that they're like you know oh, I'm a Virginia wolf girlie or like oh this like my lo- latest haul and it, it's sort of like under the guise of like um chill girl anti capitalism but it's actually just people branding themselves as like aligning to the characters and the writing and the worlds of these books
0: Wow I feel like that when we were preparing for this pod I sent you um a piece from a newsletter called Cafe Hysteria about BookTok being fast fashion, which actually I think originated in a piece on, like, Bloomberg or something, that sort of concept, um, and Maddie yeah. who writes that newsletter said, or she sort of along the lines of reading, like, it's about adopting the identity of a reader rather than actually being a reader like it's about looking like a reader having stacks and stacks and stacks of books that you can post online and it's like we are not even maybe not even consuming these books we're just like showing consumption or like Marketing yes. consumption, but maybe not even consuming. And a lot of us are. But I think we were talking before we got on the mic about how we want our book club to feel really low pressure. One book a month is all that is required if you want. And that's like, yeah, to some people that's heaps, Enough. and it's crazy that to us it's like that's yeah. seen as slow reading.
1: It's like no, it's probably normal to just I be know. able to afford one book a month. I I'd also read in that um which was so great she quotes this piece from the guardian um and it's it says some people treat books like magical totem objects in this vein people treat having a lot of books as having a stand-in for their personality i was just like oh that's such a savage burn it sort of reminds me of like tote bags you know like yeah. my new yorker tote bag and it's like yep. how many of like do you read that yeah <laughs> And And it's fine because we are empty vessels and we need to fill ourselves up with personality. And I don't think it's fair to like rip people out for wanting a New Yorker tote bag or like to to sort of like show their personality. It's when it becomes competitive that is like that's worth unpacking because I think that's super fucked up.
0: Yeah. and, And so I went and read that piece in The Guardian that she quoted from because I was like, This is really interesting. And it was about a woman that just started giving away all her books, like getting rid of all her books. You know how it feels? For some reason it feels so good to have like a good collection of books. But it's like, is this just for show? How often do I go back to these books? Or is it actually way more worthwhile for me to give away like the books that I've loved because, like, what's the point of having them? And she talked about this one man that says he only ever has one book on the go. Once he's read it, he has to, like, give it away to someone else wow. or, like, re-gift it. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting um, about, like, books being your identity and books being your badge. Because it's like, well, they can still be your identity if you don't – even if you don't have them. But we're made to feel like yeah. – even if I go and get a book from the library – Sometimes if I really love it, i want to go and buy it. But I'm like, why do you yes. feel like you need to go and have this?
1: Oh, Because reading is such a personal experience and like it pulls you into a world and you build your own relationship with this world. And like, you know, I have books that I've traveled with for 10 mm. years that I just can't get rid of. Yeah. How often do I read them? Hardly ever. So there are, I think, calling them totems as well is, like, so valid. When you see, like, twenty stacked up in my, like, messy girl Sylvia Plath aesthetic life is, like, ah. I know. (laughs) Here I was just plodding my way through, like, a gorgeous holiday Marion Key self-indulgently or something, like, cerebral, not that her work is not, but, you know, maybe considered more high-brow, like. It's, I mean, it just comes back to social media fundamentals, which is like, if it's not on there, did you even do it?
0: Exactly. And then, and then we have what you were alluding to before, before I sort of took it in another direction. We have the reading as a competition idea, which honestly Mm. really stresses me the fuck out and just really ties in closely to I wrote about last week hobbies and the fact that we feel we really feel like we need to monetize and make our hobbies productive yeah and the whole reading as a competition idea just feels like it just feels like that but almost on steroids like when I see that people have read like hundreds of books a year it doesn't make me feel bad about myself it just makes me feel a bit like why do I know this about you? Like, why? That is such a strange thing for me to know about you, a stranger. Like, why <laughs> Like, why are we performing this? And I totally, I totally understand because you probably, it's like cool and you're probably well learned. But then I read some critiques of um, like people critiquing Goodreads and feeling like it made them finish books that they really didn't want to finish, and then they were like, "Well, why am I even doing right. this? I'm forcing myself to do something I don't yeah. like so that I can tick a number, or I can get another number, and that's yeah, not the yeah. point of reading." And I was just like, "Okay, okay,
1: oh, it's a we're, it's a competitive world we live in." I was also thinking about the anxiety, some or pressure I feel through virtue of the work that you and I do both separately and together and, and both like on our own book writing journey. God, I am sounding so high can healy at the moment, Um, <laughs> our journey. But when someone references a book that might have been doing the rounds on social media and you haven't read it, it's like, oh, have you not read Yellow Face? And, and you're like, ah, yeah. should I? Like, oh, embarrassing. I'm not. I'm like so behind yes. the times. Like, and so it's not only a, a pressure to be seen to be reading a lot, but it's also like, oh, you don't know that book. Oh, like embarrassing. Oh, I thought you were or like this, a yeah, bookish girl. Yeah, social pressure. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were a smart girl. And it's I like I about the internet.
0: <laughs> I I also think there's something <laughs> really interesting in in the pressure that we all feel when you haven't read a book in a while, and you feel so like. Yeah. oh my god I need to get back into reading like it's a running or something or yeah. like but this used to be something that you did for leisure but when you say like oh my god I feel so guilty like yeah. I haven't read a book and blah blah it's like no you don't need to feel guilty you have a life that really demands things of you more than ever now and yeah. so the reading is a competition thing and seeing people that are, can read hundreds of books a year did you ever read Pandora Sykes's um, essay about how I read so much, and yes. it was like sh- she well, she explained in that that she's an insomniac, and so one reading as a mm. like she just because someone's read heaps of books, you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they just fucking love reading. Maybe they're an insomniac, and that's what they do to get to sleep. Maybe they choose that instead of golfing, cooking, cooking, uh-huh. which actually, if we wanted to keep talking about politicizing hobbies, I linked in um that piece that I wrote the other day about this like broke my brain in the best way the fact that most women's hobbies because they've been so bound to homemaking or looking after children have become like really homebound and non-time-consuming hobbies like something you can do while you're yeah. looking after kids like crocheting or knitting or something you can do in the little bits of time you have between homemaking like reading whereas men's hobbies mm. are typically going out golfing and things that take up hours of time and then they have the audacity yeah. to come home and say well you don't even have hobbies like ah I'm like yeah sorry that's a uh. <laughs> tangent but um I don't know reading as a competition stresses me the fuck out and it's like why are we like why are we doing this why is everything so performed
1: yeah i would love to see a huge reclamation of reading being this one of the sacred things that can't get fucked up by capitalism which is like ironic of us to say having a commercial book deal but i'm talking yeah. about like the experience of reading your personal experience of reading being just like one of the few analog pleasure yeah like things that you do and have complete control over how much time you spend on it and what worlds you kind of enter in. Isn't that just, like, one of the simplest, purest things we can do for ourselves in in the sort of contemporary chaos that we live in?
0: And the thing is, is, like, So many people do that and treat reading like that, but we will never see the resurgence of it because they won't be putting it on social media. So this definitely happens. It's just there will never be a think piece on Dazed about the resurgence of analog reading because if you don't post about it, the (laughs) fucking author of that piece won't know that there's a resurgence of analog reading. um yes. so it's there's no like data to yes because people are just doing it and enjoying themselves and also if you read hundreds of books a year and you post yeah. about it and like goodreads is like people's hobby and it is fun and i actually don't want to yeah. it sounds like i'm shitting on that but i'm not if anything i'm probably envious of it um which is something else we yeah. can dig into but it's <laughs> it's just i don't know i just find it fascinating and the the um The comparison between books and fast fashion and the way that you need to be buying books at such a rampant rate to be able to post them, to be able to read them, to be able to review them, to be able to put them on your book talk is the same as when a new trend comes around and you have to buy four new pieces of clothing and some ribbon for your bows and some ballet flats to be able to fit in. And I actually saw a TikTok the other day from someone that said, if this new trend um, requires you to buy, like, four new pieces of clothing, then, like, maybe the trend isn't for you. Maybe you're not a natural, non-natural mob wife. Yeah, maybe you're not a natural eclectic grandpa, and that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to taste. Well, not all of it, but it's like, yeah, where do we get that from? Unfortunately, largely now it's from social media, which means we actually all just have the same taste, which means that yeah. there's no taste. I don't know. Confusing, but if you followed me there, good on
1: you. No, I'm following you there. And I would say, like, my final piece on this, and in the Substack article, which we'll link in the show notes, the main images at a bookstore, and it's a table, and it's got a sign that says like "From Book Talk," and like that is like, okay, this is where we're starting to see the internet and in real life yeah. totally intersect, and in, like quite a confronting way in the context of this conversation and I think that's interesting and because we have so little time now wandering around a bookstore or a library and like perusing and sitting and reading a couple of pages we we sort of have been like worked out of that mindset Mm. it's like I've got 10 minutes on my lunch break I've got to get a book I'm so decision fatigued from everything else I have to do in my life these days I've heard this is good. Thank God someone's made the decision for me. We don't have that wandering explorative time anymore Mm. because of how much we live and, and, and the way we live and, and the way we have to work now. And I think that sort of is really sort of intrinsically bound up in this as well. And I think to be able to like, give yourself that wandering time back in some capacity could be a way to try and find your own tastes and find weird random shit you maybe wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Yeah. Buy a library card to your local library, everyone. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's actually, if your partner always leaves the house and goes and golfs for three hours, say, right, then Uh I am going to library for three hours and you can do the labor of the home for a while. And maybe that's what's on your radar this week. Maybe going and getting a library card is on your radar. Maybe joining our book club, which is like a very slow-moving part of the book world, which is like we pick one book a month. You do not have to like constantly type to us your thoughts about it. You can just read along with us <laughs> and then listen to the podcast we do at the end of each month. Um. Also, does it feel really on the nose to be like, You could pre-order our book now
1: that we've made this. But if you are competitively reading, (laughs) what you could do
0: is Is read, is buy our book a hundred (laughs) times. But, like, also, just know, everyone, like, we are in this rat race too. So if you see us on TikTok trying to sell our book as a cool girl, aesthetic, mob wife read of the week, no, you didn't. No, you didn't see us.
1: (laughs) Look, we do what we can. Loose what's on your radar for the weekend?
0: The Mean Girls movie. I'm going to watch the Mean Girls movie purely so I can prove myself right or wrong. Um, and because I love musicals and I love when I rap.
1: There, I said it. What about you? The only musical I like, I'm going to lose fans here, is obviously School of Rock. It's the best film invented and we reference it every second um, podcast episode. I just had to put that out there. Um, I'm going to slowly start, slowly being the operative word, make my way through our book recommendations list that you published um, a couple of days ago. Lots of our bookies got in touch with us and told us what they were reading. There were some really cute reps in there that I hadn't heard of. Um, So So that's a really good, that's a good antidote to
0: um, the conversation we've just had, actually. A slow recommendation. Yeah, is. okay.
1: Anyway, carry on with your own. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm re-watching Peaky Blinders because I'm in a Cillian Murphy era and can't stop. I've never seen it.
0: Also, I th- in my head I thought it was Killian Murphy, but that's because, I've again, I've seen it online. I've oh never seen God. it aloud. Is it Killian Murphy? Bro, I don't know. So, everyone, have you heard us say that? No, you didn't. Oh, look, I had a wine at lunch. As she should. She's hiking and she's healing. And everyone, finally, pre-order our book, join our book club, read the newsletter, all these competitive reading things for you to do. And it's been a
1: joy. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.